doing our levels. Good morning. I'm going to turn up my headphones. One second. Good morning. Let's see how that sounds. How does that sound, James? Does that sound good? A little bit up? Okay. Good morning. Good morning, Tierney. Hi, Tierney. Say hello. Hey, what's up? Hey. Okay, I'm just going to turn up the headphones a little. Okay, I feel like that's good. You can hear yourself in the headphones a little? Yeah, I love it. Okay, perfect. Welcome. Good morning, Tierney Finster. It's so nice to have you on. I'm just going to arrange my Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. We met at Pillow Talk. We met at Pillow Talk not too long ago. I was also just posting on my soul friend radio Instagram and saw a photo of you holding a dick microphone at the last event, which I've missed. That was something special. Looked really fun. Mm -hmm. Yes. so welcome. Well, also it's Valentine's Day. Yay, we happy should say Valentine's happy Valentine's Day. Day to everyone. Have a sweet pink day. I know. Well, so I want to talk about Valentine's Day. I'm going <laughs> to make the microphone make a rattling noise. Sorry. It's probably not so bad. Not so bad. Sorry, listeners. So yeah, I think I want to talk about Valentine's Day because I have so many mixed feelings about Valentine's Day in general. So it's a good opportunity to have a show on Valentine's Day. Totally. I was like, I'm the Valentine's Day guest. You are the (laughs) Valentine's Day guest. Exactly. Um, Well, yeah, generally, I don't know. How do you feel about Valentine's Day? I mean, I was talking about it the other day to my mom, actually, because I was like seeing the memes kind of begin over the weekend about like hating Valentine's Day. And I was like, I guess the thing is a lot of people don't like the color pink as much as me. Because it's like, I love, like, uh, hyper-femme bullshit, like, pink and glitter and cupcakes and makeup and, like, lips and roses. And yeah. so, for me, I mean, I'm just down to indulge in all of that, I think. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I think I haven't had, like, a ton of amazing romantic, like, Valentine's Day. So, it's not like I like it in that way. Yeah. Well, I think that was, I mean, I asked, I posted on my soul friend Instagram, which again, people can DM messages with questions if they want to the soul friend radio Instagram totally. or call in to the 21354-L-O-V-E-0 number with questions. And you can also call in live if you want. But I was, I posted something about how do people feel about Valentine's Day. And last night I got a reply that said, I think Valentine's Day puts a lot of pressure on people to feel like they need to be in a relationship instead of just loving themselves, which I thought was really nice. That's nice. I mean, it's funny because I went out last night with my ex-boyfriend and we had been recently spending time together like for the last, you know, 10 days or so. Like we saw each other a couple of times and uh, after, you know, a couple months, I guess, apart. And then, um... It's funny because, like, I was excited that he asked me to hang out, like, you know, earnestly, whatever I was. Yeah. But then, you know, this was on, like, Monday. I was like, yeah, but he invites me out on fucking Valentine's Day. That's kind of a big day. It's not Valentine's Day. It's the day before. Right, right. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, am I pathetic? Like, am I going to hang out with this person? They can't even ask me out on Valentine's Day, you know? Oh. And anyway... I will, I was like be in the present, you know. I'm just here to see what the experience is. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And then I wait. Like they asked you out on Valentine's Day, or, well, or on they asked Monday you they yesterday. asked me to hang out last night. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, so I was like, before. yeah, and I was stoked to do that. But then yeah. I was like, oh, should I have this like ego protection where I'm like upset because it's not a Valentine's Day day? Oh, blah, I blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then, so then I was like, yeah, like I'm not Valentine. I'm just like the pre-Valentine, whatever, whatever. Oh. Yeah. But then I woke up with him today and he's like, oh, on shit, Valentine's it's Valentine's Day. Day? So it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not as though on Monday he was like, I can't ask her, you know, to me, yeah. I'm like, he's sitting there like, well, I can't ask her out on Valentine's Day because it's too real. Yeah. So let me ask her out the day before. And I'm like, that. so that's the kind of thing where Valentine's Day does create fake, yeah. fake pressure and like, totally. I don't know, I I don't think I've ever really received grand acts of romance from, like, a sexual partner lover. Like, from friends, I've had very romantic friendships. Yeah, that was the other thing that I wanted to say, which is just that, I mean, I suppose in terms of the branding of Valentine's Day, it's a romantic holiday, and it's about relationships and dates and, you know, your sexual partner or partner in life, however you identify that. But I feel like Valentine's Day is also an opportunity to share your love with people that might be your friends or your family, and that is something that I try oh, totally. and do. Where I, I showed give him in bed, I was like, cards. "Look, you like I don't need you," because my mom had already texted me like, "Happy, <laughs> happy, you know, my yeah. little Valentine." <laughs> oh, and then my so dad funny. hit me with that, and so yeah, yeah, I feel spoiled by love, and like that's yeah. a really nice thing. Totally. Um, yeah, I got a Valentine's card with some little stickers <laughs> and things like that from my godparents who live in Canada, who Cute. may or may not be listening. Hi guys. Hey. Um. 
shout out to Samantha. I know I use profanity. We're not. Mm. I'm not in trouble. Though. Oh, you're not in trouble. Yeah, you can. You can say whatever you want on Clear Channel. I can be NSFW yeah. because I'm do. out of the office today. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Well, one other thing about Valentine. Well, we'll talk about Valentine's Day also. I'm sure. I'm sure. But another thing that I wanted to share is that I woke up this morning from a terrible nightmare about Valentine's Day, which I think is a funny way to talk about my own pressure that I feel with Valentine's Day which is that so I live with my boyfriend and I'm very much in love we have two dogs together we're a nice little family with dogs and in my dream he asked me if we wanted to spend Valentine's Day apart so that we could be with other people (laughs) that we were more attracted to and to clarify, we're in a committed monogamous relationship, and that's the way that we've identified that we want to have our relationship. And in the dream, it made perfect sense because we both just weren't that into each other, and so we wanted to leave the option open for having a more romantic Valentine's Day with other people. <laughs> and when he asked me that in the dream, I was horrified yeah. and just thought that it was the worst thing. So It also supposes that each of you have like a collection of others have a that collection you'd rather of crushes be getting that we with. Would rather <laughs> but I just thought it was the worst dream so so yeah I'm kind of in alignment with the person that texted yesterday about how much pressure it seems there's put on Valentine's Day which is I think one of the reasons that it's not my favorite holiday but again I like the approach that you were saying just in terms of the aesthetic value of Valentine's Day as well as looking at it from a more friend perspective of just love in general which is something that I very much do identify with so yeah yeah clear yeah exactly um okay well we have some questions for the show today but I wanted to hear a little bit about you as a sex journalist and model and actress you do so many things do you want to talk about any projects that you're working on I read a thing that I was so I was looking at your website yeah. yesterday tierneyfinster.com and there's so much good stuff on there people mm-hmm. should go check it out Please. but there was also I was just googling you and I found an article that you wrote that I think just came out yesterday that was for Mel magazine and mm-hmm. it says porn stars on celebrities comparing oh, totally. them to child molesters wife beaters and Russian hackers this yeah is an interesting article do you want to talk about that totally. and or any yeah anything? I mean I was like into writing that headline because I think it just yeah. shows so sort of the absurdity and I also don't think that like harping on um harping is an intense word but like yeah it's not as though I think that Chelsea Handler and Judd Apatow tweeting something about sex workers is like the be all end all of sure. like sexual politics or anything but at the same time I just wanted to kind of create I just wanted to archive the narrative that was happening on Twitter yeah which was tons of adult performers many of whom I had either known or interviewed in the past um speaking out against these tweets so basically Chelsea Handler and Judd Apatow within hours of one another on Sunday they both tweeted sort of like their uh, attempts to identify what Trump's presidency represents, mm-hmm. which, yeah. by the way, like could have been done in tons more nuance and including tons more, like yeah. or prioritizing different factors anyway. But like, basically, they um, in, like Judd Apatow called Trump pro porn star as a like a negative thing in conjunction right. with like pro war, pro domestic abuse. Which I'm glad that you're clarifying that because when I first read it, I didn't take it as a negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because because I don't have a negative stigma against people who are adult performers, you know, but yeah, I think it's all but about I think your most people just look at that and <laughs> think, yeah, gross, yeah, huh, gross, you know. Totally. And then the um, Chelsea Handler thing was like, oh, you know, kids are going to remember their president as someone who, you know, was just like, sur- like, you know, was okay with domestic abuse and uh, nuclear Russian hacking and like, yeah, and anyway, um. That stuff is all silly. Like, the most important part and, like, the reason why I'm t- bothering to give you any context about it is because yeah. I just think that, like, these people are two figures that I personally really, like, um, have respected. And, you know, I grew up with, like, a ton of media from both of them. And I've with seen Chelsea Handler. Yeah, like, I watched Chelsea Handler's interview interview show, like, on E! my whole yeah. life growing up. I would, like, you know, I was, like, reading her books in middle school. Yeah. Like, and it's not as though I think this is the first time that maybe we have a political dis or disagreement or something sure, but yeah. it's just like it's really really <laughs> negative and it's a form of violence to insinuate that sex yeah. workers including porn performers are doing something that should be ostracized in the same yeah. category as like child abuse and molestation and stupid russian hacking you know it's Completely. like these yeah. people are jobs and i think i try i'm not a sex worker and i am very like 
I've, I say that because I think a lot of journalists, especially a lot of feminist journalists, do a disservice to sex workers in a lot of attempts to try to write about them. Um, yeah. Luckily, I've had a lot of experiences with people in the community that are active, like, voices themselves that are mm-hmm. porn performers who are also, uh, you know, like Jizzly, who I interview in that story, is a non-binary performer who has an amazing book called Coming Out Like a Porn Star, and it's 50 stories of porn performers talking about stigma and the experience oh, of wow. revealing yeah. to whether it's family, friends, relationships, um, new work environments after that career mm. all about that experience so I just really want to like I want to eliminate shame around doing sex work because I think yeah. so many people do sex work a lot of people who shame sex work the most are in involved in their own kind of like creative pursuits that are all about intimacy and exchange and like yeah I think a lot of sex is transactional like I kind of like yeah in the humor end of it I'm kind of like your grandma the, like your grandma was a whore like she needed <laughs> somewhere to live and yeah. like fuck your grandpa and now yeah. you know so it's like totally. it's different but I just think yeah. like um people need to stop being so scared of sex in this way where it then yeah. like super uh, raises the stakes when they hear someone does it for a living because right. really it's like when I hear that, I'm like, oh, this person knows more than me, or this right. person's a professional, you know, and it's not to say, like, people always want to harp on exploitation narratives um, with regards to sex work, and that's something I've always tried to do, do like, whatever magazine I was writing for, um, is to sort of normalize stories from the perspective of the person, instead mm-hmm. of, like, whoa, like, you know, I think yeah. a lot of the framework whoa, is, like, did, can you believe Cherie DeVille has, re- has, like, a physical therapy practice as well as being, like, one of the most popular MILF porn stars, and mm-hmm. that's a cool person who lives in North Hollywood, but um, who is that? Cherie DeVille, she's a really popular know. MILF uh, branded porn performer who yeah. began her career, like, uh, a few years ago after a successful physical therapy practice, Yeah, and that's just, like, one of many stories I've written that, like, showcases someone ex- someone's experience that sort of um, goes against this really minimized amount of experience yeah. we hear, you know? And, like, totally. the reason why, like, these celebrities talking mm-hmm. about it is problematic is because these people have multi-platform, multimedia yeah. deals and power that, like, you know, they actually are two people that seem poised to possibly include more progressive ideas, you right. know? Yeah. And so it's, like call it out because yeah like and you know Judd Apatow apologized I believe and it's just kind of like get a clue Shows, and like yeah. write good characters and like instead of I think that yeah. the way we write female characters in regards to sex are it's usually so disempowered or kind of pathetic that yeah. um the idea that someone's actually like earning money from that is like a whole right. you know it's just like unfathomable for people to believe you know yeah that's fascinating well if anyone wants to find that article I mean, I think that you can probably just find it by Googling your name, but it is available on MelMagazine.com. Totally. Mel Magazine is um, where I wrote the Cherie DeVille piece as well. I was the sex and sort of sex and love editor there when it founded, and now I'm a staff writer. So doing stuff about queer culture and weed culture (laughs) and work culture. So sex and weed and money. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) The the trio that you cover is quite a trio. As a... San Fernando Valley yeah, uh, right. descendant. Yeah. It's my kind of that birthright to yeah. cover these topics. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was another thing that um, when we were corresponding about you having you come on that that you had brought up wanting to talk about, which I'd love to hear about, which is just that um, that you write a lot for men's magazines as a feminist sex journalist yourself and just maybe if you want to talk about what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been definitely, well, yeah, how do I want to say it? Like, I started writing for Playboy when I was uh, was about to finish college, mm-hmm. and I met someone at a rave, and that had added me on Facebook, who's my good friend now, and, uh, a guy named Zach Stone, and he mm-hmm. said, I was so happy, because he was like, I heard you're a screenwriter, and I went to college for screenwriting, and it's something yeah. I actively do, but especially years ago, I was like, what? Someone thinks I'm that? Um, yeah. So I was like, yeah, but I've read your articles that you post on for Playboy, and I, you know, I'm do journalism too. So yeah. I got the opportunity to pitch to him, and I s- the first story I wrote for Playboy was um, why millennial men should go to strip clubs, and it was talking about. I would read that. <laughs> it was a provocative first piece about, and it's something interesting because it's like as years and knowledge grows, like. It's not like I 100%, you know, I think I could do a better version of the piece now. (laughs) But I was basically, like, supposing that men, especially younger men, suffer, like, extreme digital isolation and that, like, Mm. the hypersexualization of, like, 
porn stars or porn performers um, versus like their like texting and kind of like shallow communication with the people they were actually like for especially straight men so like the yeah. women that they were like hitting up to try to begin actually having sex with I just thought there yeah. was like a dis like a, a discord there and I felt like all yeah. the young women I knew like I was like 22 at the time writing this so like yeah all the women I knew that were around my age like we all were having way more sex and way more like wild range of sexual experiences than any yeah. of the men our age <laughs> nice. and i was like you need to relax like in <laughs> you know i probably did too but like sure. so i was just saying that like men need to go have like a hyper sexualized in real life experience yeah. and then sort of like use that to fuel like as a bridge and it was like really mm -hmm. interesting to talk to some um er like exotic dancers erotic performers who talked about like you know that experience with like a liminal space to like pursue mm. and i mean they're like really into like live action role playing and like yeah. it became this whole theoretical thing but um yeah in general i've learned so much about men's sexuality from this work because it basically yeah. became my job now i have a bit more range of topics and sex continues to be a huge one but like yeah prior i was basically a hundred percent invested in like exploring like masculine sexuality yeah yeah, and I don't mean to label you as a sex journalist only. I think that one of the things that, because um, we met doing the yeah, promo talking through Fiona, so I'm I don't happy mean to, to be. box yeah, you I mean, that. I totally yeah. am. It's just like, I just don't, you know, I used to be literally on like Fet Life before it closed down, like yeah. positioning myself using like, you know, and a lot of the like kind of stories I've told with video and film stuff, they're also, or often very sexualized too. Like I'm really mm -hmm. comfortable. I think I'm like, like definitely a significant exhibitionist or like I enjoy myself in that way I like I like performing sexuality to an extent so like yeah I would be kind of using some of my own images and personal life to like get men on these websites to like <laughs> open up to me so yeah. it's kind of it's definitely freaky and also like probably not yeah. like the what they teach you in J school but I didn't go to journalism, <laughs> journalism school so school whatever school. Yeah. <laughs> um and I think like one thing I think is that, like, especially right now, there's a huge, there's huge reason to really uh, call into question men's behaviors when it comes to sexuality, right? Like, sure. we don't need yeah. to go into that because it's a big duh. But for me, I think a lot of the time, like, it's a big duh. That's yeah, so like, true. power doesn't necessarily yeah. come with knowledge. So, like, yeah. while a lot of men, um, you know, all men have this kind of significant privilege in a way, it's not as though many are, like, aware of it. And I don't think yeah. in any way it's, like, every person's job or especially every female identified person's job to like school them but when you're getting paid yeah. to do it like <laughs> as yeah. a journalist you know like in conversation with these guys right it's been cool and like i love doing the series that's my fetish because um Wait, it was something that? i came up with yeah with my editor josh schulmeyer at mel in which um and other writers have since uh, contributed to the series but at mm -hmm. the beginning i did like the first five or six seven um pilot interviews where I would find one man with a very particular fetish and then yeah. ask like an hour's worth of questions you know so like oh if it wow. was a cigarette smoker I'd be like what brand short or long what color <laughs> yeah. lipstick do you like it when they ash a lot or never ash yeah. like oh, and the thing is like I love fetishist like thinking because there's just such an awareness of detail it's yeah, so detail like aesthetic driven completely. so like these kind of really hyper specific questions they would be like tons of ash yeah like, you know because like <laughs> yeah. the anticipation of the ash dropping and like of course yeah. red lipstick and like oh you know goodness. this person loved the idea of a woman secretly smoking around the corner as like her little intimate bad girl thing and whereas this person wants you to like fantasized. blow it in the face yeah right, right. so i think yeah. all of that like especially the age that i started really writing for men in terms of sexuality um, yeah it was really helpful because it's sort of i think something that like we don't have that many good ways to talk about is just how like mm -hmm being like a young woman growing up like when you're coming of age there is something to be feared from men like men have a sense of yeah. power and it, a lot of it just comes from the male gaze and like wanting to somehow fit into that you know either be beloved or desired or just accepted or just yeah. like not hurt or violated by that gaze right and so i think like where well i always had like a pretty um interesting sexual life i yeah. think like it kind of gave me like the practical experience of like actually talking about sex out loud as something that's not yeah like shameful or like 
that I wasn't supposed to be talking about because I think yeah. only recently after years of being a sex journalist have I actually began talking to like actual sexual partners in the kind of detail mm -hmm. that I would just any stranger on the phone <laughs> that I was going to interview, yeah. you know? Which is actually really interesting though because it's sort of talking about exploring a side of yourself and your own curiosity about something that is not personal to you or maybe yeah. there's some, you know, connection that you feel with people that you're interviewing in terms of their pursuits or things like that, but that's really Well, sometimes you don't know yeah. if there's a connection and then you're right. talking like for it's a silly example but when yeah. i was talking to the cigarette fetishist yeah. i realized based on what he was some of the stuff he was saying i was like oh actually i think i like like i love weed culture i love smoking weed i was like i yeah. think i have a smoking fetish and like in middle school like whenever i first really began to realize like i can google anything you know i would <laughs> yeah. totally google like justin timberlake smoking like i wanted to <laughs> see people like being that and i would google yeah. like adrian grenier smoking and like oh. just to see if people results you know britney man. spears smoking like yeah i love looking at britney smears britney spears smoke but britney smears yeah. is like britney smears a good is adult good name too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, I think that's a good segue. I love hearing about all of your journalism, and it was hard for me. I had a long day at work last night, and I wanted to catch up and do some more research on your work, and I had a hard time going to bed because I wanted to keep reading yeah. more because it was all so oh, interesting. So, nice. so I really suggest everyone to go read some of your work and check out some. Also, just the visuals that you on tyrannyfinster com. There's a lot of erotica really along it's, with the journalism. So yeah, <laughs> and you do fashion. I mean, there's all sorts of things on there. So. Um, but I feel like we should do some questions totally. now and maybe give out the number again for people yeah, listening please, live. Come on, someone I know must be listening. You know, I just we got I a couple missed to hear calls, you. but I it was right in the beginning. So if those people are still listening and want to call try, back, try please again. do at two one three five four love zero. Two one three five four love zero. Two one three five four love zero. You can text in if you don't want to be live on air, but we always do appreciate live calls. So okay, I think let's do how about this one, which is a very vague, vague comment question, which mm -hmm. is just says, why are men so scared of I love you? Uh, oh, my God. I've been putting this one off. I'll, I'll be full disclosure. <laughs> I got this question like three weeks ago, and I keep not it's answering so it funny. it's so hard. It's like literally <laughs> the reason, like, uh, this guy that I'm talking about, and I'm pretty certain he wouldn't listen, but honestly, yeah, uh, I would be happy for him, too. I don't care, but, like, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's the reason we broke up, basically. Like, I just... A fear of saying I love you. Yeah, like, yeah. I want... I, we had been together for months, and I just really wanted to, like, hear it more, you know? And, like, I had heard yeah. it, but not, like... Not that much. Not openly, not freely. And I definitely yeah. grew up with, like, people, you know, people telling me they love me all the time, yeah. which is, like, nice. But I'm also yeah. pretty open, too. But there's something about that where, like, if you don't feel really safe... Right. With that, and you can feel safe, but just like you don't want to be embarrassed by that like person not reciprocating. Right. Or, yeah. And I mean, I think I mean, it is scary to say I love yeah. you. I mean, I feel like I'm afraid to say I love you first in my relationships. That's something that's definitely I have awareness of that I want to wait yeah, <laughs> until yeah, my yeah. partner says it. So I yeah. mean, even last night I'm being like I love you, but I'm not really. I'm not really hearing it back. I'm hearing yeah. back like I want to love you, and I'm like, I think if I That's told you that I want, oh, I want <laughs> to love you, I want to be attracted. Yeah, to like you. it sounds sad, you <laughs> like know. But it, it's like yeah. I think also it's like a question I have in general is just like, how do you love someone who isn't really done processing their last relationship? You know, because mm -hmm. it's like I feel. Yeah. I think the answer is you don't. You just have to wait for them to process. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess okay. I, if you're listening, Brian, we we have to be done. <laughs> No. no, you know it's also it's these hard are just though. opinions, love opinions. Totally, because you want to have yeah. patience and also be human. Like, yeah, I, I just like does you know your ego is really bruised by that kind of information. But if you know that someone does love you, yeah. but doesn't have the full capacity to love you because of their own baggage, mm -hmm. like, is that yeah? I mean, you have to protect yourself, right? But it's like I also yeah. think that there's a way to approach that with some compassion. I definitely didn't think that yeah. at first, but, like, months later I kind of <laughs> do. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I think that once you recognize if you are 
chasing after someone who is unavailable and notice that that's happening, that can be something that you can act from a place of awareness totally. and decide what is best but for you. But some people are so yeah. available in some ways. Yeah. Like, I never have read that, like, very, like, quintessential vibe. People are, like, five love languages or whatever. Oh, right. But yeah. I, last night I was with him thinking, you know, like, such tender, raw emotion. But then I was yeah. like, are there other ways we should read that book? Or, like... <laughs> Like, what are your languages? Like, are yeah. you, is your love language just sex? Because it's, like, you speak it Physical. well. But, like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's a hard one. I feel like. Because society <gasps> diminishes men's ability to be vulnerable. To be vulnerable and to have emotions and doesn't. That's not something that a lot of men grow up feeling in their lives. That's something that might be really difficult. Totally. Yeah. And that's a very sort of and some heteronormative explanation but but yeah. i think in general like some men also aren't raised to like think that they need that in the same way yeah. that like maybe little girls are like mm-hmm. treated or something I don't yeah know. totally yeah well okay i feel like we we at least addressed that one um how about Okay, this is a funny one. This one says, how can I change my age on Bumble? I have a friend my age who did it, (laughs) and she has a ton more matches with great guys. I don't want to lie. I just want to show up in more searches. I will put my actual age in my bio. (coughs) By lying. (laughs) I've tried changing my age on Facebook, but it still hasn't updated, but it still isn't updating on my Bumble account. What's the hack? Anonymous female. That's a pretty funny question. So I guess... If she wants to see younger, I or think older. that well because you have a search age range where people like you'll only show up in searches within the range that whoever sets uh, on I their see, profile. I see, I see. So I think that she's saying she isn't showing up. She wants to show up in more matches, and she has a friend who changed their age and shows up in more searches. Yeah, but yeah, whenever I see that, <coughs> and like um, when I see people do that on any app, where they're like yeah. actually. You know, like in their bio, <laughs> the I'm like, what's the matter with you? Yeah, <laughs> like who's well, weird? I mean, I but okay, I see so that strategy. I see it as a strategy. I have sympathy on one part of my perspective with my answer for this, which is that yeah, that sucks if you're not finding a bunch of matches because people are excluding you based on your age yeah. and they only want to date whatever you're old. But at the same time, that's not for you to really decide. I feel like if someone don't is saying to. that they don't <laughs> want that age range and that's yeah. your age, then putting it in your bio is I mean, probably not that helpful. That's why when I have an app, I put it like <laughs> 18 to 68. Like, <laughs> let's see what's up. Like, if I'm going to be on here, let's see. Like, you never know. Yeah, totally. So, so, yeah, I feel like there's no hack for that. Also, it's weird that it's not updating. If it does take your age from Facebook, which is what I'm – like that seems like the point here, which I'm not on Bumble, so I don't know. But yeah, it seems like it must Bumble. take your age from Facebook, I guess. So if it's not updating, maybe it's a sign. Right. <laughs> this is supposed to be the way that it is. So yeah, that's my answer. Do you have any other things to add for that one? No, I don't think mm-hmm. so. But I am curious to know if anyone's used Bumble Biz, which like oh, what's that? It was a particularly interesting timing of them introducing the function because it was right as sort of like Me Too conversation proliferated. Bumble Biz, and it's not to say that th- that's related, but I'm just curious. Like, Bumble Biz what's is like that? a mode of Bumble where it's for networking. Oh, okay. I should get on it, right? My website looks nice. Your like, website looks sick. Maybe you I should, should get on it. There's <laughs> also another one of those like networking type sites that's professional people to meet to and swipe. hang out to swipe yeah which i've actually been interested <laughs> because i feel like i have a really eclectic group like, grouping of interests in my life and yeah. different professional pursuits so sure i might be interested in someone who a likes psychology a lot of my motto is like you know. my friend ali whose birthday it is today happy birthday oh, Allie. happy like, birthday ali she's like sure why not sure why not like i don't know just oh, in general in like, terms of her preference of just being open about to a lot of anything things. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sure why not you know like yeah. i'll see what's up with i'd like to see what's up on bumble biz but it's so I like not very like bumble biz. yeah i'm gonna write it down and look it up i like bumble as like i'm not into <coughs> it as a user but i like how yeah. it's like the revenge success woman story from tinder because oh, the yeah. CEO or creator of Bumble, you know, she was... Oh, no, I don't know that. Tell yeah, me. she was um, one of the original creators of Tinder and yeah. basically, I believe, sued for an undisclosed amount of money, like, the co-founder, oh, really? whose name I'm forgetting, um, of Tinder for, like, 
I don't want to say what the charges are because I don't know exactly, but basically yeah. he was treating her like a gendered asshole. Oh and then no. um, yeah. she got hella money, started her own company, and is having a lot of success. That's so amazing. I think like I think that's a very hero vibe. That is a very hero vibe. I did not, not know that story, and I'm happy that yeah, I do. Yeah, Bumble's the re- like the feminist revenge within a that's certain degree awesome. of like. Uh, I don't know what a feminism is. Yeah. Also, I met my boyfriend on Bumble. I like to say that on the show because it's real. It's real. I've never met anyone, like, a long-term partner on an online thing, but Bumble was the one, so. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's do another question. Also, there's, here, let me check the Instagram to see. If you're listening, you can send us any questions or just thoughts about Valentine's Day in general to Soul Friends Radio. I'll share anything. And let's see. I got a question that says, I am 21. Okay, so I haven't read this yet, so I'm just going to read it fresh on air. I am 21 and was dating a 50-year-old man in L.A. He's super dreamy. Maybe she had her (laughs) setting to to 68, too. Um, 50-year-old man in L.A. He was super dreamy, and then I found out he had another girlfriend and was also sleeping with his assistant, other women, etc., I said I'd be okay with him doing so as long as he was just honest about it, but he never came clean. Is this normal behavior from a 50-year-old man losing a little hope? He pressured me into being monogamous with him, and I've ended things since putting all the pieces, since putting all the pieces, dot, dot, but it still drives me mad that I'll never know the whole truth. There was certainly an inherent power imbalance. He was wealthy. He was a wealthy screenwriter, and I'm a student. Do you think age really matters in relationships? Okay, there's a lot of questions in there. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's no, like, normal behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is this normal, is behavior, this normal behavior for a 51-year-old? Year old, like, n- yeah. yes or no? You know, it's, like, it's his normal behavior. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that speaking to the power imbalance is important because 21 and 50, that has to be inherent to in an age dynamic. You know, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be if yeah, it's power. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I yeah. hear a lot at work, like, in um, media rooms, you know, like, writer's rooms. I've yeah. People are pretty quick to denounce any, like, intergenerational dating. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I haven't dated a lot of much older people, um, or at least none seriously, but it's like... Yeah. I don't know what matters. You know, I, I don't, I'm not bothered. I don't think, like... I think a lot of time. I just think the way it happens is usually within a pattern that, like, mm-hmm. women grow up and are like, you were kind of skeezy. Um, but I don't think they that has to be the case. Put the judgment on the older person. Yeah, like, skeezy? later right, on, they're right. like, oh, that person, you know, like, yeah. that was sort of inappropriate. But yeah. I think while that probably, you know, while that happens all the time, like, I don't yeah. think it's the only thing that exists. I don't yeah, know. totally. And I actually had that experience. I dated someone quite older um, for a long time, and I actually felt fine about it at the time. That said, I was very young, and so maybe there was a part of me that was just innocent and kind of unaware of the fact that that might not be super but appropriate. But okay? I always felt frustrated by the actual negative stigma that yeah. I received on myself and my partner. So yeah. I kind of, like, uh, you I know. I went on yeah. casual dates, like a guy who's probably like um, a little over 20 years older than me, and I'm 26 recently. Yeah. Uh, unless you're going to cast me, I'm 18. And, um, <laughs> 18. And <Proud. laughs> barely legal. Um, <laughs> But, like, you know, it's just, just anecdotally from that, it's, like, yeah. I certainly wasn't, like, in awe of his earned sage right, wisdom. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? I think, totally. like, I don't think people change that much. I really yeah. don't. Like, I think experience enriches your perspective, perhaps. But, like, yeah, that it's so subjective. Yeah. I think I stand corrected in terms of that, just in terms of thinking that, yeah, there is a power differential just by the nature of age, because that doesn't make sense. That's completely dependent on the person, I but think. But then oftentimes yeah. there could be, yeah. But yeah, of course there could be. And it could be hot. Yeah. And it could be hot. And yeah, I mean, to the end of her question, although she doesn't say if she is a she or gender non-binary, so we'll just call them they, um, they say, do you think age really matters in relationships? So, a good question age 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 and relationships what are we saying i mean i think it matters based on like what you want right like i think for me i don't think it matters at all because i don't think i'm at a position in my life where like i'm not looking i don't know like even though i want like this kind of idealized like i want like a really i want someone to really love me (laughs) yeah and i but at the same time like I even though I want that in a way, like I actually care more about like multiplicity of like 
positive experience and I care more about like yeah non-monogamous like um specifically like I don't know what I'm trying to say basically it's like mm-hmm. even though I want that it's not actually what I want right now in terms of like long-term goals so it's like yeah but I think a lot of people actually are like I you know I want to get married or I want to be with yeah. someone for the rest of my life I want to have kids like yeah I, I think it's more important based on the situation based on your agenda in yeah. whatever relationship you're you're looking to have and I don't think that it's bad to have an agenda I no, think it's really helpful it to either. be clear about what you're and looking for that's why for, I was kind so. of being unclear because what I was yeah. trying to describe it yeah. came across which is I don't really have an agenda right yeah, now in terms of open. that yeah so it's like yeah um I think that's when it matters yeah I think it matters more if you have a specific agenda and then you're feeling that the people that you're pursuing or either matching like that agenda I've never or not, lived with know. someone I've dated you know I cannot yeah. I can't even imagine that still like I don't think I want that like yeah unless that's a old man has a really nice house <laughs> yeah. uh, or a woman like yeah. um otherwise I'm chill you otherwise know so it's good. like yeah totally um okay well I hope that that answered your question anonymous Let's do. I think if you're asking yeah. about him, I mean, based, I think we're not really discussing any of his like mm-hmm. behaviors. Yeah, like we're not. he's already lying to you. Yeah, but he I does, mean, they ended it, which I appreciate yeah. the awareness there that that wasn't appropriate. Yeah, they so. didn't feel that that was acceptable to them. So, but yeah, we didn't really address the fact that there was a lot of lying going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, that is doesn't matter what your age is. If like trust is supposedly one of the basis of relationships. Yeah, then that's not really cool. Totally. So. Um, okay, how about this one, which is another online dating question. And again, if you want to send in any other questions, our number is 213-54-LOVE0. And also, if you're listening to this show as a podcast version and you have questions, you can always text the number at any time and I will answer them on the next episode. So this one is an online dating photos question. And it says, how to choose good photos of yourself without being misleading. I recently met up with a guy who looked nothing like his photos. I was sort of pissed at first. I felt misled, like I had been lied to. Then I showed the photos of him to a friend, and they pointed out that that it was very hard to tell what he actually looked like in the photos. One of them, he was in a big coat and a hat, and you couldn't really see him. The other was just a strange angle, so also hard to tell. I realized maybe I was being a jerk for assuming he looked a certain way, then feeling misled. Maybe he chose those photos because they were the best he had of themselves of himself and it just so happened that it was really hard to tell what he looked like so now i'm wondering if i'm accidentally misrepresenting myself online by choosing the best photos of myself i'm trying to get people to notice me based on my photos but <laughs> am i being misleading if i choose only great photos of myself it's funny because she's <laughs> because she's like feeling yeah. gypped by the person but then immediately then wondering if she's, she's gypping others yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a question of, like, media literacy. Like, I wouldn't – you need to, like, examine the media and, like, where is it coming from and what is it functioning to do and what is it saying. Like, I don't typically swipe on people with, like, ambiguous photos because why bother? There's other people. Like, we don't need to know, like, what's beyond the hat or the coat. Like, And, I mean, I know in that case she wasn't, like, thinking that there was something beyond, but just, like – if it's not clear, then, like, yeah, it's not clear. There's a whole yeah. range of options. And, yeah, I mean, this is personal to me in a way of, like, I have a lot of really nice photos of myself. I model you often. I act really all the time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I love it. You know, I, I'm – it's, like, a creative passion and, and more so than a career. Yeah. You know, it's been a way of living for me forever. And, like, yeah. um, at the same time, I think it was really – I had, like, sort of a break – a few years ago where I was like, actually, I can't, like, only share the, like, super stylized, glamazon version yeah. of myself. Right. When, especially on dating apps because, like, yeah. I want to be able to come, like, how I am now. And, like, yeah. I'm cute, but I'm not, like, in full makeup or, right. you know, yeah. uh, dress, no heels. You know, that kind of sure. thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then... So I specific I just in general I never want to be known as someone that looks better online because I look good online but I look and feel better in person and so yeah. I try to put a little bit more like casual and not to say that yeah. only when I'm like made up is when I feel pretty but just like 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, moisturized or not. Like, I try to put in, like, a journalist at work kind of scruffy yeah. <laughs> photo because it's like I you look like that. You don't always have time or to be perfectly Yeah, I don't, know, I don't need anyone to be surprised. Like, yeah. why do you want to – I don't want to put myself in a situation where, you know. Yeah. Also, I, like, I do a lot of casting stuff and, like, I see beautiful models all the time that online mm -hmm. just look way, like, skinnier, just because, like, they mm -hmm. face-tune their features to be so prominent. Yeah. And it's, like, you do this for a job, and you show up, and, like, you don't look like that. Like, yeah. your waist doesn't look like that, and it's fine, you know? S but yeah. I just think, like... But there is a certain level of dishonesty, I feel like, that goes with either retouching your photos to look a certain way or choosing certain photos that only make you appear a certain way that I don't know if that is actually being expressed in this yeah. question because she's saying that it was actually really hard to tell but them who's in a big coat right. and all like that. But you also have the right. Like, if I, so. I want to just put the ho five hottest photos of myself, yeah. that is me. Those yeah. are all me. Those so all you. what yeah. does it matter? Like, Completely. is it dishonest or is it, like, selective? You know? Right, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I do – something yeah. I would say about this is, like, if you're – I don't know if anyone – I think – I'm assuming the K-Chung audience has a lot of, like, smartphone users, but, like, in general, I, would assume, yeah. I think that I'm, I just think there's tons of iPhones in the world, right? So, like, and yeah. they have good cameras. So, if you're someone on a dating app, particularly, like, an older person, older men, especially, I see this with that, again, wide range I have going. Um, <laughs> just there's so I many low-quality photos, and it's, like, yeah. I will never swipe on a lo-fi pic unless... It's just like there's no reason to because there's it no just seems offish, that, that photo and that's like perhaps within the last ten years. It's like weird. It's like aesthetically judgmental. But like the reason I bring it up is to say like you don't have to have an iPhone for me to want to fuck you. You just need to have someone at work or in your family or friend group take a simple picture take of you on the picture. street. You yeah, know, completely. I like truly want to advise people to ask for that kind of help because I think yeah. as someone who's had plenty of pictures taken of me. Folks are glad to do it. Yeah, so just ask completely. and then, like, yeah. up your game, you know? Yeah. I once had, when I was doing online dating, I once had a friend of mine look at my profile and then tell me that the photos were fine, that, like, yeah, I looked cute and, like, it was my personality generally. And he also said that I needed a photo that was just me, like, as I am, because it was kind of hard to tell from my photos, like, from your, like what moody, I actually looked aesthetic like. Pics. I don't know if they were, like, moody, but definitely, <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. compilation I had he felt like there wasn't a photo that was just what I look like just having right coffee yeah, in yeah, the yeah. morning and so that is something also that I like always tell people like look like this is my tinder photo and it's like sexualized yeah. like it is yeah but it's also like you really look fabulous yeah can I look here I'll yeah look. you can look and like kind of get your vibe look at I think also like this. I mean oh this one's so cute this is also like you being a person this isn't yeah you being I completely put that glam totally yeah. that's beautiful um, and I think also Aww. there's this idea always that, like, I don't know. I feel like I don't – I've gotten see. through a lot of, like, body-related fears with dating. But I think, like, yeah. a lot of fat women you'll speak to are, like, very nervous that, like, yeah. you're going to show up and then the person's going to be, like, blown away by your size. Ugh, yeah. Which is, like um, – I don't know if that's real. Like, it hasn't happened to me. But I also think that, like, yeah. I do specifically, like, if it's sexualized, I'm like, this is – at least you see me because I, I don't yeah, know, like I'm yeah. not going to put like six pictures in my face and like right. act like that's the best part of me. Like I'm into all of myself, you know? Yeah. Um, but so that there are like totally. fears of like disclosure or something sure. with like all sorts of identities. So I don't yeah, know. Totally. I don't know like how much the right, like yeah. how much your potential suitor has the right for to control any of it. Completely. Um, I also love, and then uh, we're getting out of time, but I mean, we have, we have approximately oh 12 minutes. But I love this one because this one is a photo of you with minimal makeup, looking beautiful. Yeah. And then the next one's hot. More yeah. sophisticated <laughs> black eyeliner. I just red love lipstick. makeup. It's not that I'm obsessed so with beauty industrial complex. I just no, I, I totally. truly get I joy love from makeup it. Too. Yeah. But it's great because it's kind of just a couple of different versions of you it's with makeup and like less makeup. So yeah. yeah I and I mean that. uh, that's what anyone dating great me should know. I have tons of versions. Yeah. Like exactly. Blonde, brown, red, like exactly um okay let's see should i pick another valentine's day question yeah <sighs> okay <laughs> this one is signed by anonymous lover and it says i want to make this valentine's day a nice romantic time for me and my bf what are some romantic ideas to arrange for valentine's day on short notice i feel like we it is short notice i feel like we are usually so busy that when we see each other 
The time we spend together is more just relaxation and catching each other up on our lives. I like that, but also want whatever we do to feel special on a day all about romance. You should get some candles and uh, melt them on each other. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> That's relaxing. That. Is it relaxing? I think so. Do they make special? <laughs> I'm sure they make special candles that of don't course. burn as hot, right? Yeah, okay. like for dripping. For dripping. Then that's and they a great become idea. body oil for massage. That's a great idea. There's also all sorts of scented body oils and things yeah. you can get. I mean, yeah. I think like I'm. I you can do that on short notice. You can go yeah. this afternoon. Yeah. I postmates it. I mean, I see. Um, <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> I totally see like being in a relationship as an opportunity to relax. Like I'm a Capricorn. Like I don't know. I just feel like. Yeah. I have a lot of guilt about true relaxation, or it's almost like even if I'm not guilty about it, I don't even yeah. know how to like get there and I, I do tons of activities like yeah to facilitate this more independently in my life but like what does relaxation look like to you just kind of relaxing at home and being yeah like R&R &R, what does that mean I don't know I mean yeah like because I'll do relaxing things but they're still activities it's like mm -hmm. going to yoga it's like still like an activity you right. know or yeah. like but I try to like free write every morning. I usually write, yeah. and like that's a relaxing, very disciplined. Yeah, yeah. that's a good relaxing thing. Um, but that's still also an activity. Yeah. But it's activity, yeah. So like right. just to like, I don't, and like if I watch shows, I'm like, uh -huh, it's Tuesday. I'm watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not like I just like, yeah. I like when I'm everyone with like, um, this guy I keep talking about. It's like so nice to just be under someone's whim who just like, yeah. I don't know, like, hits a bong and watches a weird comedy. You know, it's <laughs> like, I'll do it because I'm really yeah. down for whatever, you know, in yeah. terms of what my partner wants to do. Yeah. I, just because I think it's so relaxing to not be the one, like, driving. I think I can be a lot, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah. Well, and it's nice to also be in a relationship or have a partner where you, like you said, you don't always have to work out whatever the events are of the night if you don't have as much of a preference of, what you want to do in terms of eating or movie or whatever yeah. it is to kind of have someone to bounce off of and but you can I like think relax I also within super the social person so yeah. it's like so I'm not trying to like hit the bar with you you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know yeah. Like totally. um I wanted I have this other question that was from the first I think it was from the first pillow talk event which I keep talking about Pillow talk and not really explaining. Pillow talk. Pillow talk is a series. Oh yeah, please. Designed by Fiona Duncan, who's a writer, bookseller, and artist in LA, and she curates a collection of people to speak each month at the Standard in the semi-privacy of hotel rooms to have conversations about sexuality, desire, sexual politics, um, freedom. So the first event was like a land, a lay of the land of the laid, and that's yeah. where we met, and it was sort of just like a group panel and then last month or last week there was an event that was about um female identified people talking about sexual assault and like the conversations in the media yeah. in a really private way yeah and then next month in march i think march 22nd at the standard downtown there will be um like a erotic yoga kind of tutorial oh, yeah experience. alexis is doing that yeah. right yeah that sounds so incredible yeah um, but one of the questions that Fiona had posed to all the people who spoke on the panel, which is where I met you, was what's a sex issue or insecurity that you've been able to get over and, and or heal in yourself? And I never came up with an answer to that question, but I thought mm. that was a really interesting yeah. question. I wish I didn't know. Like, I do Oh, I did do you already know. think about it? Oh, no, oh, yeah. I didn't think about it. I don't even really remember that, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I... I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm down, like... You know, it's so funny, like, the resistance and being really real sometimes, right? Because I think, yeah. like, oh, yeah. and also when you give some, uh, yeah, I don't feel pressure, personal, but, like, yeah. when you feel, when you give someone, act, like, I, I'm someone that gives people, like, in just in terms of creatively, in terms of my writing, like, I give people access to my body, like, and, mm -hmm. like, my experience a lot, and then sometimes yeah. you're kind of, like, you know, it, it can be intense, too, but, I mean, now I'm really billing it, but I just think, like, <laughs> when you're, yeah. uh, you know, I've lived in my body all sorts of ways, like, I think, mm -hmm. like, I've, um, you know, been much fatter and I've been much skinnier. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, there is just, like, I think growing up, like, I definitely felt like my body was something to, like, persevere through when it came to sex. Like, it was, mm -hmm. like, something that was, like, it wasn't, you know, and then it's, like, now I'm, like, I'm, I feel like I'm, like, getting goddess worshipped all the time. Like, I'm down. Like, yes. it's, it's healed, you know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, it's, like, 
I thought that it was like a liability in terms of sex, mm. like and and when really sex is so much about body, you know, it can be yeah. about other things, but it's about your body. I I want to be like objectified as sexual parts during sex. So it's like yeah, I and in 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 order to kind of combat the fear I had around sharing my own body with people, I think especially as a teenager and like a younger twenty year old, I mm-hmm. um. I became just like a super porn star, you know, like I, mm-hmm. and I think part of that is just my personality too. So, yeah. and I, and I say that like, obviously I don't mean it literally because as I've already identified that I am not in fact a porn performer, despite what yeah. some Tinder people ask because of my photos. Um, but like, I really get that question. Are you a porn star? Are you a porn star? Yeah. I also think a lot of guys mm. who like never wanted to like fuck a fat person before are like, you must be a professional. <laughs> I'm like, you what? think I'm BBW of the year, AVN. Like, I'm just Whoa, the hot so many girl acronyms. from the valley. I don't yeah. know what any of that means. The f- big, beautiful women of the year from the adult video news entertainment. I'm so glad I asked. But, yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the biggest issue has been myself, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's a wonderful answer. Yeah, I mean, I, at risk of just saying ditto, <laughs> Yeah. kind of just want to say ditto just because I feel like it's been like for me okay so the question again that fiona duncan posed for pillow talk people but that i was thinking about is what's a sex issue or insecurity that you've been able to get over slash heal in yourself and i think that it's just the idea of feeling objectified by my partners in a way that i didn't like was Mm -hmm. something that took me a a long time to realize so once i realized that i had to change my relationship to feeling objectified within a sexual dynamic and then take control of it in a way that I felt comfortable with and that I felt in control of and then like depending on the partner get to decide if that's something that I enjoy or not and like what the power dynamic is within the relationship but it took a lot of different phases of figuring out oh I'm actually not comfortable being your sexual object in this way or oh I actually am comfortable and that's hot for me or whatever it is you know so that took me a long time and it was a painful process and had a lot of sort of self-reflection that went along with it so yeah i got a question oh really oh yeah we have a little bit of time let's do it okay i'll read it quickly because it's kind of long okay i'm 24 and i've been in a relationship all my life i just broke things off with someone who i was with for six years immediately after breaking things off i met someone and i've been seeing him basically every day i'm confused i'm consumed with this person but i'm having a lot of fun I want to be careful and mindful, though. I've never been in a situation like this before, and I want to see them, but I feel crazy. The sex is amazing. Two cancers. So many feels. Help. Wait. The sex is amazing. And then what? So many feels. Okay. So many feels. I mean, this is exactly the relationship that I've – this is, like, very resonant to me because the relationship that I keep, like, sort of uh, vaguely speaking about, it's like I met this person, um, like, a month or two after they got – out of a relationship they were in for five years mm-hmm. and and especially this person's 24 so they were 18 yeah they were 18 because even like yeah. with m- this guy Long i'm talking time. about you know he's 28 so like he was like from 21 to 27 with this yeah. girl and then i met him like two months later and i'm like oh, you really? know oh, wow, where i'm super in love with him I, i'm still super in love with him but it's yeah. like um that's why i guess the whole like compassion element i'm like am I, is he sp- like yeah is he supposed to get over someone he was with for five years, like, in a month or two because he loves me? I don't know. And maybe that's, you know. But so. Yeah. I think for her, like, I so mean, you would know better. You're so wait, so just to recap. <laughs> just to recap. So she was with someone for six, six years, years. And then immediately after they broke up recently, met she met this new person that she loves fucking because they're cancers. Oh, because they're cancers. <laughs> yeah. That's the part I didn't get. Okay. You're like, cancer? I know. I was like, what is she talking about? Cancer and feels. <laughs> So, but is she worried about jumping in too quickly? Is that yeah. the, okay. Because it's like, I think yeah. you really should take it slow. Yeah. What I don't every like. Every day seems a little bit overwhelming to me, but I'm very. Oh, yeah. I, I like don't want to go really. I like the slow day. roll. It's really slow. I think, and so. especially because I tried to be really slow with this ex slash boyfriend of mine. And, um, yeah. And it's like the minute you stop being slow, it's so fast. Yeah. So it's kind of like you better. You have a long time to get to the fast Also, because when you start dating, and I feel like I was like victimized but also celebrated because of this. It's like when you get with someone who has just been in a serious relationship for so long, I feel you often begin, you just immediately go into treating that person with the same kind of intimacy or adoration as your ex. Right. So it's like I, at first to me, it made me feel like, 
he was super in love with me from the very beginning because he had such yeah. care. He was so nice. I had never been with someone like so nice and attentive. Right. But then I was like, we kind of like broke up a tiny bit in the midpoint because I was like, wait, do you fuck with me or do you just fucking know how to only treat a girl one way, which right. is like super monogamous, hyper romantic love. Yeah. And I'm like, and I still don't know the answer. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, and then we're basically out of time, but I would say not to rush into anything and to go slowly is the best bet. And that's really exciting that they found someone that, totally. you know, she's really I don't really think into, you should have so. to not see them just because. Yeah. But just be slow and also get yeah. to know yourself. I think it is yeah. whack for young women to date people for so long, and that is a strong judgment that I will stand behind. Like, yeah. you deserve to, like, have so much fun and, like, yeah. Even sadness, whatever emotions come up, like you should go experience them as an individual person because you're never yeah. gonna be twenty four again and it's true. Um, at twenty six it already seems a long time away. So like yeah. just like don't like <laughs> yeah. spend all your time laboring for somebody else. Like have a yeah. life. Like how you know what I mean? Labor totally. for yourself, labor for what's inside you instead of filling yourself with like what you get from someone else, you yeah. know. Yeah. And also just watch how you're using the relationship with someone in terms of your own feelings. Identity. If you're sad yeah totally. your identity if you're feeling like you want a partner and this person is there or it's really about the person there's a lot of awareness that can happen just by watching how you feel about how you're engaging in a relationship so totally yeah. thank okay. you for having With me that, we should be done thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure it's so nice and despite the ambiguity i am yeah. single so you can <laughs> hit me up at t star seven that's right at t star seven you can read some of Tierney's writing and look at wonderful photographs of her, all sorts of creative content on her website, which is tierneyfinster.com. And just briefly, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can listen to Soul Friend Radio anytime. You can also rate and review the show, which I have been told this helps people find the show more easily. So if you want to do that, if you're a fan of the show, I would appreciate that. You can always send me questions to 213-54-LOVE-0 at any time i also am working on a new blog post which will be going up on my website soon which is soulfriendradio.com slash news but you can just go to the main site and i think that's it yeah happy valentine's, happy valentine's day everyone i'm gonna play one song and i will see everyone in two weeks goodbye bye bye <laughs>